Hey friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them. And that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me, and I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box, and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas, and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist, and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. Hello and welcome back to the Naked Marriage Podcast. We are Dave and Ashley Willis. And on this podcast, we address the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. And you guys, we are actually having just somebody I'm so excited to have in studio today. So excited. Followed her a long time on Instagram. We have the sober sis in studio, Jen. And Dave's gonna tell her, uh, tell you more about her. Yeah, before I dive into to Jen's bio, um, I want to thank you guys for starting off your year with us. We are at the start of 2023. If you're listening to this in real time, it's January 2nd. And for the first time ever on this podcast, we are every day for the first 14 days of the year uh, releasing a new episode. All of them are going to be interviews with just fascinating people who have helped us personally. And, and we want to share their wisdom with you. And so today's guest, we're starting the year off strong with Jen Couch. I want to read her bio. Jen Couch is the founder and creator of Sober Sis, community and leader in the Sober Curious movement. And she lives in Fort Worth, Texas with her hubby of 27 years and two adult children in their young 20s. Sober Sis was born on Christmas Day, 2017. And since then, more than 200,000 women have downloaded her free Happy Hour Survival Guide. And over 30,000 have participated in the 21-Day Reset Challenge. And those numbers are growing every single month as she works hard to get the message out to more women. She's a motivational speaker and author of Look Alive, Sis, which is coming out in spring of this year. So be watching for that. It's her passion and life's calling to create a space where women can renegotiate their relationship with alcohol without labels, judgment, or shame. She coaches women who feel stuck in the gray area of drinking on the drinking spectrum and helps women get off autopilot and mindless sipping through the habit of wine o'clock. She's all about holistic health and promotes freedom from the detox to retox cycle, sharing sharing through her personal faith, understanding of science, and ability to facilitate connection. Lives are being changed. Every day, women are becoming more fully alive through sober-minded living and more present in their own amazing lives. And we are so honored to have her. And even though Jen's, uh, Jen's focus is largely on women. As a dude, I have gotten so much, yes. so much out of uh, of learning from the Sober Sis. So guys, stick around. This is for you as well. We're going to have a great conversation. Let's dive in. Welcome, Jen Couch, also known as the Sober Sis. Yes. Uh, and we've been following her for some time and just love the content that you're putting out there. And we wanted to have you on right here very early in the year, here on January 2nd, because I think a lot of folks are in the mindset where they want to look ahead at this coming year and change their relationship to alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I think you are just just the person to mm-hmm. kind of help us reset and maybe look at look at how we've dealt with alcohol in our own lives in a, in a healthier way and maybe in a new way. And so 
Welcome. Welcome, Jen. Thanks for the great work you're doing. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for having me. And I, I love using the term relationship with alcohol because yes. that's kind of what it can become. It's just a part so much of our lives and mm-hmm. our social life and just the way we unwind or what we do for fun. Yeah. So I would love to hear, I mean, I know a little bit about this because I've been following you a long time at it, at sober sis on Instagram, which if you're not following her there, please go follow her. Um, you'll love all the content she puts out, but I would love to hear kind of the origin story of, of, of why, why you do the work you do today and kind of what led you down that path. Yes. I'm really, really passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a role that I would have never have foreseen come. So that almost lets you know that God's got a hand in it because it's not something that you would have necessarily chosen for yourself, but it is no doubt exactly where I need to be and what I need to be doing. But I have firsthand experience from struggle. And I think often, you know, we've heard it said in Christian circles, a little Mm -hmm. cliche out there, you know, no message without a little bit of the mess. Um, And that's where, that's where I've come from. Mm -hmm. But I kind of speak into uh, something called the gray area of drinking Mm -hmm. because my mess was more internal than external. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mess, if you will, or what was not working was not visible to other people as much as it felt to me. Yes. And so I was actually a little bit later in life drinker in the first place. I really didn't drink in uh, college or in my 20s. I mean, I had drinks here and there for sure, mm-hmm. but it was not my thing, if you will. Yeah, Yeah. sure. And uh, so really in my 30s, um, I'd already been married about a decade, Mm -hmm. already had kids on the ground, even almost school age. Mm -hmm. And and I was working in a home-based business. And so I was at home by day and out by night Mm -hmm. doing these meetings in different hotels and hotel lobbies and happy hours. Oh yeah. And that's where drinking really entered my world was really in my young thirties as a young mom. And it was also a time where the culture was really changing to make drinking just so much more prevalent, socially acceptable Mm -hmm. any night of the week for any reason. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I just, I, I bought right in. I was like, awesome. (laughs) Where have I been? And, uh, that was kind of me in my thirties, just kind of learning the ropes, if you will, kind of catching up to most other people and, uh, had a few epic fails in there, but that was more just learning really how alcohol affected my body. It wasn't until my young Mm forties that I had at that point, teenagers, the year I turned 40, Mm -hmm. our oldest, my daughter turned 13. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Okay, game on uh, with the 40-year-old and the 13-year-old and just all the transitions of life and the anxiety um, is really became really clear to me that I was actually an anxious mom because I was trying to let go, but also, you know, was fearful at times. And so kind of cue up wine o'clock. Yeah. Kind of cue oh, the yeah. music, cue up, wine o'clock. And that's when I really noticed a, the biggest shift for me where drinking was not just something social or something just, hey, you know, take it or leave it. It was more like, is it five o'clock yeah. yet? Like you, oh. you need it. Yeah. You're, you're like, I'm counting down that. I, I, yeah. know, I can certainly wait till five o'clock. In yes. fact, all day long, I've done everything right. Mm-hmm. I was the mom that was, you know, going to, you know, my morning Bible study, hitting the noon yoga class, juicing my kale, mm-hmm. <laughs> literally <laughs> in the same kitchen that at five o'clock would crack open the bottle of wine while I was cooking as kind of like my reward mm-hmm. and kind of me time. 
yeah. and kind of my way to just kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it right. I'm getting everything done. Right. Um, super not high functioning, but like over functioning, mm-hmm. if anything. And so five o'clock was kind of like, now everybody relax. I am. Yeah. Let's get that 80s music on and get that spaghetti cooking. And before I knew it, that had become such a habit. What started out as just a kind of a reward mm-hmm. really turned into a habit for me. And I really felt kind of stuck in that detox to retox loop yep. for about five years, 40 to 45 for me. Mm-hmm. I was like a yo-yo drinker mm-hmm. instead of a yo-yo dieter. Yeah. Like yeah. a yo-yo drinker. Stop, start do all kinds of juice cleanses, whole thirties, all the things, because I could stop. I could physically stop drinking anytime I wanted, but mentally, emotionally, I did not really want to stop. Or if I did, I felt miserable, left out. And like I kind of, that relationship, it's like I'd lost a friend. Yeah, Drinking was kind of like my buddy. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is going to be hard, or this is going to be boring, or this is going to be anxiety producing. Nothing to look forward to. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I started sober sis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's your question, but that's a little bit of my background. So I started sober sis after I spent about a year on this sober curious journey mm-hmm. of knowing that I did not have a healthy relationship with alcohol, but I also didn't feel like I was physically addicted. The term alcoholic did not resonate with me. In fact, if anything, I compared myself to other people's drinking and I always justified that I wasn't at that place. So that actually kept me stuck. But when I started hearing terms like gray area drinker and creating a life you love that's alcohol free or just more present, Mm -hmm. that's when for me, even as a, as a person of faith and as a mom, I'd read, you know, first Peter five, eight, be of sober mind. Mm -hmm. I'd never put the two together that being of sober mind was not even about sobriety as much as about being present, yeah, awake, that. alert, aware in your own life. Yeah. And that's what I was not after five o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Before five o'clock, though, I was like, get her done. And after five o'clock, I was just kind of drifting, drifting away into just kind of playing small, mm-hmm. kind of keeping quiet and just kind of downplaying my own presence in my own home. Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, I know that that had to have an effect on your marriage and yes. home life. Like, could you tell us more about that? Like what it looked like back then? When yes. Going through that. For sure. So in my 30s, uh, that's when my husband started drinking as well. Mm-hmm. In fact, we kind of made it our couple's thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of couples can can relate with that. Just kind of the Groupon to go to the wine tasting, mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. you know, the let's go to this, you know, brewery and do a flight yeah. of, of beer samples. And it was fun. It was like an activity for us. And it felt grown up. It's like, oh, totally, we're totally yeah. yeah. It was like we were with kids all day and then we could go adult mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it felt really good. Like it was kind of magic. It was like, all oh, right, let the hair down. This is our thing. Yeah. You know, you could drink as IPA. I could have my wine. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was great. But I will have to say after being almost married a decade without alcohol, really invited into our relationship, there was a switch there. I mean, it was very, very subtle. Mm-hmm. It was not overnight, but it really actually, when I look back at some of our biggest conflicts, when I look back at some of our most disconnecting times, one or both of us were under the influence of alcohol. Yeah. Almost every time. Wow. Yeah. Almost every single time if I look back and I'm like, wow, that was that was quite a blowout. Yeah. Or wow, one of us, usually me, really overreacted. You know, alcohol makes you just 
extra sensitive because it, it really heightens um, the emotional side, the limbic system, but really downplays that prefrontal cortex, right. that yeah. rational side. <laughs> right. So yeah, it's kind of a recipe sometimes for complete disaster. Yes. Very impulsive, like like what I hear you saying, like with that prefrontal totally. cortex. Totally. Just the impulsive like responses. Totally and, reactionary oftentimes. Yeah. And things that are little get big. Oh, yeah. And really when you're sober-minded, of just sober mind, present, awake, alert, aware in your own life, you see it for what it is. Right. Often under the influence, it's just like it magnifies everything. Um, and that can be kind of fun if it's good. Yeah. Uh, but not good if there's, you know, anger, resentment, frustrations. That was me. I was like, you know, wife by day that was like, yes, hon. I, yeah, let's talk about that later. Mm-hmm. And then we'd go out, you know, have our date night, a few drinks. And before I know it, I, I'm altered. Mm-hmm. I, my brain is hijacked. Right. And now I'm not communicating at all really what I did feel inside. But it, it didn't come out right. I love Learning. I know that sounds nerdy and dorky, but I just love learning. I love understanding history and how things fit together and what's happening in the world. But if you're like me, you're busy and it's hard to learn. It can be expensive to learn. Maybe you want to keep learning and growing. You're like, I don't know how to fit that into my schedule. I got the perfect solution for you. And it's Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College is a world-class accredited university that's offering some of their core courses for free. I mean, absolutely free. They're just wanting to spread knowledge here. I'm telling you, it sounds too good to be true, but it really is true. They're making it possible for you to learn about world economics and things like ancient Christianity, which I highly recommend. It's an 11 lecture course where you study the inspiring stories of Christ and his apostles and the faithful ones throughout the first centuries of Christianity, plus learning the the basics of Christian apologetics. And guys, you can do this for free. I'm so excited about what Hillsdale does. I love their commitment to faith and values, and you can take part in this by going to hillsdale.edu slash naked to enroll at no cost. And it's easy to get started. It's H-I-L-L-S-D-A-L-E dot E-D-U slash N-A-K-E-D to register. That's hillsdale.edu slash naked naked. One goal we've had as a family lately is to try to just eat healthier and junk is sometimes more convenient and we're eating unhealthy, not because we want to, but it's just because it's what's easy to grab. But then came along Thrive. That's right. Thrive Market is helping us in really simple, practical ways. And as a Thrive Market member, we save money on every single grocery order. On average, we save over 30% each time, which I mean, I don't know about you, but I love saving money. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of our favorite brands, which right now we are loving the Hum brand, Zero Sugar Kombucha. And so check those out. Go to Thrive Market, join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash naked for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash N-A-K-E-D, thrivemarket.com slash naked. Oh, definitely. I think so many people listening so right many. now are their eyes are opening up big and saying like, wow, that's my story. Yeah. And I never really thought about my relationship with alcohol or even the fact that I have a relationship with alcohol. Right. right. Even that word, that that phrasing uh, is being a problem because because like like you were, I can justify saying like, well, I'm not I'm not like that guy over there, right. or this girl over here. I'm you know, I'm light years away from 
living in an alley and, and totally. drinking out of a brown paper bag. I mean, I'm getting stuff done. I'm healthy. Yeah. You know, my my doctor says I'm I'm fine. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with me. Right. But to really take a step back and say, but am I fully present? Yeah. Always, right. Is my relationship with alcohol causing some harm that would not have been there right. in exactly. my relationships or in, in my mindset or in any part of my life? And so I think it's just a really important question to ask ourselves, you know, to, so when you got to that place where you're like, you know what, I don't, I don't like my relationship with Mm -hmm, alcohol right now. mm -hmm. Um, what was the process of changing it? Because, you know, once habits are hard to to change. Yes, they are. And, you know, once you've, you were in that, that space of looking forward to five every day and, um, even in, in marriage, like your date nights being very centered around, making sure there were there was drinks present i think uh, yeah most people listening can relate, yeah. relate to some oh, of that it's like well yeah. it's not it's not a date night if we're not doing something exactly if we're not so change in your mindset though to say we want life to look different and we f- better and we feel like our relationship with alcohol has gotten to a place where it's it's causing harm and not good or the, the harm's outweighing the good at least what did that change look like what did, what was that process and i think this is when a lot of folks listening are, are really going to lean in to say, okay, maybe, maybe there's something here in your journey that we need to apply to our own. Yeah. Cause, uh, cause this was, I guess about a decade ago. What was the timeline that you actually, it was just short of six years ago. Right. Okay. Six years. Yeah, yeah. So I, I started my own journey in 2017. Okay. Yes. All right. And, uh, it feels like a decade though at <laughs> times. And then other times it feels like not that long ago. It's, yeah. it's not lost on me. I really do remember feeling stuck and feeling the struggle yeah. um, because it was something that really was weighing on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even know how to talk about that because there was so much shame and guilt that I was struggling at all. Here I was, you know, Christian mom, Christian wife, uh, mentor at our church. We did premarital counseling. We're, we're counseling other young couples on how to connect, Mm -hmm. but yet this is actually turning into more disconnection in my marriage than connection. So that was even hard. So I think for me, learning about the science behind alcohol was empowering. Mm -hmm. It made it less of a moral failure and more like, oh, my brain is actually working. It's working just fine, actually. It's my pattern that's broken. Yes. I'm not broken. And it's my thinking. Mm -hmm. And so that's exactly what I started doing was changing my mindset, not my behavior. Because I'd already done behavior modification numerous times through willpower, Mm -hmm. just white knuckling it. I'm a rule follower. I love list. I could do it. I could do it for so long until I couldn't. And that's why moderation for me personally was exhausting because I could moderate. I could stay on top of it until, you know, something happened, a crisis, a tragedy, a stress, or just just a regular old night that I was like, you know what? I've been good. I deserve it. I've been good. I deserve it. I deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, I really had to change my mindset around wine o'clock and and practically start changing some of my choices around so that at five o'clock I was setting myself up for success. Yeah, that's good. Instead of like teeing myself up for more defeat by just doing the same thing over and over again. 
And you know, you shared a, a post fairly recently, maybe last week or the or week before last, and you said you were talking about this mind shift. And I loved. Um, I don't even know if I got to tell you about this yet, sweetie. But you were saying, you know, we need to we need to kind of switch how we think about alcohol, mm-hmm. and instead, you know, of looking at it like losing that best friend or that 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 thing you look forward right. to each day, looking at it and saying, uh, is this good enough for me? Yes. Like, is, is, am I saying this right? Totally. Um, and, and I just, I thought I've never heard anybody say it that way, but you're like, you're taking back the power, right? That's like, right. And you're saying, is this good enough for me? Cause it, and what you're saying is you learned that it wasn't good enough for you because you were, all. you were really in the moment enjoying it, but really paying for it dearly and having totally. shame associated with it. And like you said, the, the cycle of the De- detox, retox, and exactly. back and forth. And so, can you speak more on that? Because I feel like I'm not articulating it as well. Oh, as you did. no, you're doing great. But thank you for, for saying that because yeah. that's one of probably my biggest aha moments mm-hmm. on the journey, early, especially early on, that I apply it to life now. Instead of asking the wrong question, which is, is this bad enough? Is it bad enough? Yes. Um, what has to be lost before yeah. I change? I mean, that's kind of scary if you think about <laughs> it. You know, yes. I used to pray, God, take this away, take this away, mm-hmm. take this desire away. And really what I heard God say is, Jen, I really want to partner with you. I don't want to take it away. I'd rather enter in yeah. to that relationship that you have with alcohol and figure out where I fit in with that right. versus taking it away. So when I approached it, instead of, is it bad enough, which it never technically was, mm-hmm. I switched it around to, is it good enough? Is this good enough for me? Not what am I losing, uh, but what can I actually gain by letting this go? Mm -hmm. Um, Or at least changing it. For some people that may not be letting it go completely. Right, right. Um, Or that may be a starting spot is just to be curious about it. And in taking that break is really when you discover Hey, wait a minute. Well, I feel better. I feel right? better. Yeah. Yes. And that is motivating. But sometimes we have to get that clarity, mm-hmm. that sober mind to even know. But yeah, changing the question really helped me because every time I said, is it bad enough? I just looked around and I was like, well, it's not that bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like like they said, I'm not I'm not stumbling around on a street with a brown paper bag. Yeah. I, mean, I do think that that's, yeah, that is what that. we think. Well, that's rock bottom, you know. Right. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not quite there. But I, I do think when you reframe it that way, it just... Yeah. It, 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 I think it is asking a better question, you know, yeah. and, and, and speaking of that, like, what would you say now living on the other side of things where you're not feeling like this, this toxic relationship with alcohol, yeah. what, what have you gained? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. A lot, Yeah. <laughs> a lot, a lot of things I didn't even realize I was missing out on. I just thought it was normal. I mean, there I was 45, almost 46. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was normal to feel kind of tired, yeah. kind of overwhelmed, kind of behind your game, kind of like, you know, you missed the boat kind of like it was over kind of like just bide your time, you know, be a, be a professional patio drinker as an empty nester during happy hours. I mean, like really, I was really shooting high there. (laughs) I was like, wow. And, um, I don't think I realized how good I could feel physically, mentally, the, the clarity. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was just kind of walking around with a foggy brain from either drinking, uh, recovering from drinking, thinking about drinking, managing my thoughts about drinking, it was taking up a tremendous amount of bandwidth right. for me. And to get that back, I gained like hours <laughs> and hours each week yeah. Yeah. to do something else. So the productivity, the sleep, oh my gosh, I talk a lot about the 3 a.m. wake up call, yep. which is a part of drinking, whether that's sometimes one drink even mm-hmm. can can really disturb a restorative night's sleep, but you have two or three in there or more. And I mean, good luck with, with restfulness, yep. which makes you wake up 
tired, exhausted, you still overperform to to make up for it. And then what feels good? Mm-hmm. Five o'clock. So it's a yeah. it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. So I feel I just feel so much more not only present spiritually, I feel integrated, I feel aligned, I feel wholehearted mm-hmm. instead of divided. You know, I talk so much about how miserable it was really living a double-minded life. Yes. Um, as a believer, I just felt divided, like one person by day, another person by night. Like my my personal integrity um, and the way I even trusted myself, like my own relationship even with me mm-hmm. has gotten better. Because now I know when I make a promise to myself chances are I'm going to follow through. So I don't make a lot of promises that I can't follow through on. But I used to promise myself a lot of mornings I won't drink tonight. Mm -hmm. And I did. And that was was devastating internally. Again, on the outside, looking good. On the inside, crushed. Yeah. With the pain of that. Wow. And the enemy loves to mess with you too. Like when he, you know, he loves people to get to that state where we're not keeping our promises and then that shame enters in. Yes. And God wants us to have freedom. You know, God doesn't want us to walk around half-hearted, like you said, or double-minded. He wants us to to have the freedom in Christ. You know, gosh, he gave his son to die for, for us. That's right. So that's right. I, I hope, you know, people watching and listening to this, that you feel empowered by this because that's what that's I, right. you know, everything that Jen shares, it's, it's empowering. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause we don't need to be a slave to, to anything, right. but especially not alcohol, you know? And, and so I think that everything you share is so practical. You know, one thing that stuck out to me as a woman, you shared something, uh, a stat on breast cancer and how oh, yeah. alcohol was it 10% or something, or maybe more. Yeah. What it, was that stat? It's actually a little bit more. It, in, it increases it in- a woman's, uh, Potential of getting breast cancer by 15%. Yeah, I was like, that's pretty substantial. And all, there's just so many health. uh, Really, they've they've come out now. I say they, I think it's the American Heart Association, really just the the medical community and said, actually, we retract that there's any amount of alcohol that's actually beneficial. Right. Um, Wow. Now they're saying at at all. I mean, just know when you're drinking alcohol, you are drinking. I hate to be the bearer of bad news out there. Right. But you're drinking a, a toxic carcinogen. Like you're drinking that. Yeah. And again, you know, is one glass here and there going to kill you? No, it's right. it's not. In and of itself, it's not. But I think there's a lot of things we put in our body that we don't question. And alcohol is one of those things that's so socially acceptable. Yeah. yeah. So pushed. Um, the, the stats, I could just blow your mind on how much is spent on alcohol advertising in our society. It's four times the amount of other industries. I didn't realize that. Um, mm-hmm. and if you watch the Super Bowl or anything around sports on television, they, I mean, it's just the, the, um, disparity is, is really large wow. because, and that's how, you know, a lot of restaurants make their money. I mean, it's just, it's a huge industry and the marketers know that the messaging, especially towards women specifically yeah. has really changed in the last 15 to 20 years. It's crazy to think about it. I know it's, this is like so, so eye-opening. you know, one, yeah. one of the things on, on kind of a different note that has stood out about your post that I find helpful is you talk about date nights, date yeah. night ideas, sober date night ideas. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I think for a lot of our listeners and sometimes myself included, I think like, finally, we're going to have a date night. Yeah. It's not going to feel like a date night if we can't have a few drinks. That's right. just what we do. Totally. And reframing that to be able to say, no, we can have a ball yeah. out on a date night um, with, with, uh, without that. And so how have your date nights changed? And I, I love some of the posts where you're, you know, sharing s- some pictures and ideas and all that, but just love to hear your thoughts about how 
that aspect of, of life has looked different? Yeah. Great question. And I know that's one of the things that we're really here to talk about is how alcohol affects our marriage and the way we connect. And, uh, you know, one thing I will say is I, my husband, Craig, and I, I'm Jen, he's Craig. We're like Jenny Craig. <laughs> um, one thing that we did is in my late 30s, he's a couple of years younger than me. So in our 30s, mm-hmm. we actually took a break from drinking as a couple mm-hmm. for a whole year. We were like, you know, let's do it. Let's just reel it in. Let's, you know, rock the beach bod. Let's wear, I'm going to wear a bikini by the time I'm 40 again, you know, and all the things. And so we did, we took a year off together and our date nights were not centered around alcohol. And we were kind of on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward, 40 hits, daughter turns 13. We've taken the year off. I've gone back to moderating. I've kind of just, we've all just kind of gone back to drinking before. Mm-hmm. And so when I was ready to really look at my relationship with alcohol, he was not in the same place. He was not in the same place in his own relationship with drinking. Um, And really this was gonna have to be a personal journey for me. So if I had been waiting for him to change or him to get back on the the train, Mm -hmm. the let's take a break from drinking train, I would still be drinking today because my husband does drink. Right. And so me, AKA sober sis, um, still am not immune to, you know, navigating a partner or spouse who drinks, whether that's one or the other. Sure. And so it did change our date nights. And at first I'll, I'll be really honest. It was really uncomfortable mm-hmm. because I changed the pattern. Mm-hmm. I changed the MO of the way we related. And I didn't want him to feel judged for his drinking, just like I didn't want to feel shame or judged for my not drinking. Exactly, yeah. Sure, it was yeah. a lot of navigating. And what I discovered in that first year was how important communication was. Mm-hmm. Because you see, I had really postured myself, even around him, to try to minimize my struggle with drinking because I didn't want him to know how internal it was because that was, again, a reminder of what felt like a failure to me, mm-hmm. shame, the hangover. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could hide that like nobody's business because I was doing all the right things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to my yoga. I'm juicing yeah. my kale. You know, I've got my green yeah. juice in tow. Meanwhile, I feel terrible, but I, I, I was there was a lot of hiding for me, mm-hmm. hiding how I was really feeling because he couldn't directly relate it felt even worse. Yeah. So it really helped to talk to him about, and it took months, honestly, to open up and say, I don't think you realize how hard this was for me. And so what we started doing was changing our activities so that it wasn't so alcohol centric, mm-hmm. like going where it's all about the drinks instead, maybe going where it's more about the food or the music or the environment mm-hmm. and, and just trying to find other things to do. Um, but it was a challenge at first. I really want people to hear that, you know, it just took communication. Mm-hmm. Really That's did. usually the solution, at least where the solution starts in any part of marriage is yeah, communication absolutely. with a lot of grace and patience and honesty and vulnerability and saying, this is, this is where I'm coming from and right. hearing each other. And so I think that's, that's so good. And also, you know, being willing to switch it up because, yeah. and I, I like how, I mean, in your marriage, you know, you, you've stopped drinking for seven years now, but yeah. your husband will have drinks and right. you guys are okay with that. Cause that's right. You know, it's clearly not like a problem for him. Right. It's, he's a social drinker. I'm, I'm right. assuming. Right. And you're not making him feel bad for that. And he's supporting you and being sober. So I feel like, you know, I think, I hope that couples listening really hear that, that it can look like that. Like, it can. It, you know, it doesn't mean you both have to, you it know, absolutely completely can. give it up. 
And uh, it's really been cool, too, because uh, we've been married 27 years. We met in college. We met at Tech. I know. So young. (laughs) Um, And so it's really helped to know good boundaries, too, and healthy boundaries. There are times where it makes sense for me to ask for what I need. Mm -hmm. I'm a big John Townsend fan and read People Fuel and really learning as adult people how to ask for what we need and not assume that our spouse knows that, not have expectations on them that they can't even meet if they don't even know. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times if it's an anniversary weekend, uh, Valentine's dinner, whatever, where intimacy is the goal, we really, I really want to be on the same page and I really want to be sober minded together because if he's even slightly altered and I'm not, it kind of creates this different vibe, if you will. You use the word Bible. I love the word vibe. Yes. But it kind of creates a different vibe. And so I'm like, you know what? It's a it's a couple's weekend. Would you consider mm-hmm. for me, key words here, would you consider for me, not I want you to for you because yes, I yes. think you need to change. Would you consider for me setting aside your choice to drink this weekend so that we can even connect at a deeper level? It's more connecting to me when you're sober-minded sure. from an intimacy standpoint. But if we're yeah. at a family reunion or around a bunch of people, it's not an intimacy time with my husband. So sure. he can drink what he wants. I'm there connecting with everybody else. Yeah. And he's been so great to honor that. So that's been really, that's I, I count that a blessing that. and I'm that grateful is, for that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that's it. a great insight. Well, but, but advocating for yourself is what I yeah. say. Like, absolutely. What you need. And letting him know that it's not that the drink itself bothers me, right. but that I want more for us. Because yeah. this is the way I feel about intimacy and alcohol and connection and all of it mm-hmm. is I find alcohol in and of itself to be actually a disconnector. Mm-hmm. We look at it as a connector, like, hey, let's get together for drinks or a oh, girlfriend had something bad happen. Let's go get drinks. Yeah. It's, it seems in our society like a connector, but I kind of want to argue with that a little bit and challenge that, that it's actually a disconnector because if you think about it, drinking is actually kind of a, a self-altering act. Mm-hmm. Like you're getting further and further away from your own presence, who you are, and that definitely gets you further away from other people. Yeah. So when people meet for drinks or to connect, I think it's just a bid for connection. Like right. let's get together for drinks. Put whatever you want in your glass, but maybe it's the connection people are looking for. But then the drinking becomes kind of almost like the guest of honor Mm -hmm. of the connection time. And then it kind of hijacks it. And then before you know it, you're two, three drinks in and you're less present, which is less connecting. Absolutely. It's so true. It is so true. It's just like truth bombs all over (laughs) the place. I know. I know. And then... I want to make sure we talk about you getting ready to do your 21-day reset. Am I saying right. that correctly? Yes. Can you tell uh, people about yeah, that? Yeah, because a lot of people right now, they're like, okay, this is great. I'm in to do something different. <laughs> Gotta do something. Yeah. something. And Jen has great, great resources, including even before we jump into the, the reset, you got a book coming out in yeah. a few months. Yes, so I do. Exciting. And so, like, tell us about, is that available for pre-order yet? Yes. Good question. Um, at the time that we're recording this, I'm not sure, but follow me on Instagram yes. and, and that's where you can really keep yes. up with me. But At it should be launched um, 
by March or April. So I bet it'll be pre-ordered before right. then. It's, it's, it's called be... Look Alive, Sis. Look Alive, <laughs> Because sis. it's like, look alive in your own life. You know, yeah. like you've got one shot in your own life. Like, yes. look alive. Get in the arena. I'm a big Brene Brown fan. So yeah. I'm like, get in yes. the arena. Dare yes. greatly. But you got to be alive to do it. Right. So good. Be present. And then the 21 yes. reset. Yes. 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 And so... Um, at the beginning of the month, I start exactly that. It's 21 days, y'all. <laughs> and I keep it at 21 days because you can really begin to break or change a habit mm-hmm. in 21 days. Uh, you can't necessarily create a new lifestyle in that amount of time, but it's the perfect launch spot yes. to begin to change that relationship with alcohol and just be able to kind of pull off the drinking highway, if you will. Mm-hmm. I always have this analogy of like popping the hood on a car. If the warning lights have come on, you probably want to look under the hood and see why did the dashboard light up? Right. What's going on? And if you kind of go into it with that curiosity and that mindset of what is happening in here, not judgment, not shame, not rules, not labels, mm-hmm. uh, but more like, hey, this is a real opportunity. And of course, we all know dry January. Yes. It's like the sober minded Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. It is. <laughs> it's like it's game socially time. acceptable. Right. Exactly. You try to pull pull that in December and your friends are like, what's wrong? Exactly. Like, <laughs> in January, a lot of people, for a lot of reasons. That's mm-hmm. why I like this hashtag that's floating around out there, sober for the health of it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of reasons why people want to change their relationship with alcohol. And it's not always negative. Sometimes it's really positive. Mm-hmm. And it's for health. It's yeah. for mind. It's, it's for, for wanting more. Yeah. Right. Just wanting more. Yeah, exactly. And so that's really what I invite women to do every month with me is take this challenge. Um, And it's not about perfection. It's about progress. And so if someone slips up, we look at it as valuable feedback. Right. Uh, it's it's a great way to learn what you want and what you don't want. We don't see it as a setback. So it's not about counting days, starting back at day one. Sure, yeah. You know, I always say yeah. if you're running a marathon and you fall down on mile 17, well, what are you going to do? You don't go back to the start line. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to go back to the start line. Get Nobody's there. Going. Like, right. our race is moving forward. <laughs> so you just get back up, dust yourself off, and go, wow, I learned something. I learned from that. And, and I'm getting more resilient, and I'm going forward. And that's that's the vibe of our of our group. Well, how do, how do the ladies awesome. jump in on that? Yeah. yeah. Well, if you go to SoberSys.com forward slash 21 day challenge, you'll be able to sign up. And if you are hearing this right now, I believe this is going to air on January 2nd. Mm-hmm. Um, you can still sign up. Yes, I know. It's the day after the first. And uh, Dave and Ashley are starting this awesome 14 day series. But um, we wanted to get this in right now yes. so that you can take advantage to join us for dry January and uh, check it out. Awesome. And like Ashley said, follow the Sober Sis mm-hmm. on Instagram. We yeah. love it. It's one of our, you're one of our favorite accounts to follow. We oh, get awesome. so many great insights yeah. from Jen. And just thank you for the great work you're doing. You're helping so many people just live to their full potential and make healthier choices. Mm-hmm. And um, we just uh, we just appreciate all you're doing. So friends, thank you for, for listening. Jen, thank you for being here and for the important work you're doing. And we're just uh, cheering you on and look forward to hopefully having you back soon. Awesome. Thank you all so much. 